Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Everyone's live and kicking? Enjoying the weather? Enjoying the nice sunshine? No? No, just me? Okay, no problem, no problem. But I'm going to dive straight into the Word. And as I go into the Word, I want everyone, if you can, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading from verse 35 to 41. As per usual, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. So that's Mark, chapter 1. Verse 35 to 41. Once you're there with me, please say, I. Okay, cool. And on the same day, when the evening had come, he had said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, as he was, and all the other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in, but he was in a stern and asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for your holy word. I thank you, Lord God, for an opportunity to share what you have for the saints, for those online, and for those that are listening around the world. Father, I pray, O oh God, that as your word goes forward, your word tells us that even in heaven and earth may pass away, your word will last forever. Lord, may your word be one that we listen to and also one that we live out. We give you thanks, we give you honour as you use me as your vessel to speak to your people. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Today's sermon is entitled, The Boat. The boat. And part one is about dry seasons. The boat. Dry seasons. Dry seasons. Has anybody ever had one of those days where you just rushed out, you're rushing to work, or you're going somewhere, but you just let, you forgot to cream your hands and they just dry? Has anybody had those moments? Show us. Come on, be honest with me. Right, some of you guys are scared to put up your hands. I know why. I know why. It's okay. And sometimes I realize that when I've been in that area of, uh, I've, and when my hands are dry and it looks like I've been in the Sahara Desert and nothing seems to be going well, I'm very much likely to kind of walk around like this. And when people want to greet you, like, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, sometimes you just might nod just to make sure that they don't see something that you might feel a little bit embarrassed about. Where me and my wonderful chocolate brown hands now seem to have a different tone of complexion to them. Almost like my hands are growing gray hair. But I, I need to also be aware that in my dry season, sometimes we can cream our hands. But even sometimes after even creaming our hands, for some of you guys that might have my type of strong, alpha male, rock, African hands, you realize that the lotion doesn't last very long. And what do we do again? We go back and we try to cream a little bit more when we get the opportunity to. But thank God for the women in my life and the women 
I speak to and my sisters and my friends and my mom that says, Emmanuel, you can't keep creaming your hands. You need to go and exfoliate. You need to go for a scrub. You need to go and literally get rid of the dead skin from your hands in order for you to maximize the cream that you're trying to put on your hands. You see, I've come to see that there is something interesting about a boat. There's something interesting about this scripture that even when we are find ourselves in a dry season, sometimes our dry season leads to a lack of faith. Sometimes our dry season leads to us being fixed in the way we do things, going through the motions, but not actually elevating in the motions that we are going through. Going through life, but not actually elevating in life. Reading the word, but not feeling alive in the word. Reading the word with people, but not actually having the conviction of what you're reading that you believe in. And I'm beginning to see that all of us can find ourselves in the boat called life. And things happen to that boat. In this case, we see that the disciples were in the boat. Jesus decided to sleep when he was in the boat. And what does it tell us? It tells us that when he was in the boat, it says in verse 37, the waves beat into the boat and it was filling. See, some of us in the year 2020, it's now become an extreme challenge where we're in the boat of life but for, and we're going through and we're trying to keep going and we find ourselves in the final quarter, but it seems like more pressure from the world is filling into the boat and it's causing a little bit more of a challenge and the confusion that is happening in our lives. We find ourselves in this boat that things don't seem to be coming together, but you know what? We may wear a, a physical mask because of a pandemic, but some of us are wearing a fake mask to camouflage the pain and the trials and the troubles that we are currently going through. We sit in that boat and the water's coming in. And sometimes we adopt a mindset like what these disciples do, where they rush down and it tells us, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Not even that, Jesus, help us, we're perishing. Do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Jesus, do you not see what's happening in 2020? Jesus, do you not see what's happening in politics? Are you not seeing what's happening with the persecution? Are you not seeing what's happening with the famine? Are you not seeing what's happening in the rainforest? Are you not seeing what's happening around the world? Jesus, do you not care? And we adopt a mindset of blame rather than accountability for us to be the change that we want to see. Do you not care? We're in this boat called 2020. The water's filling up. Life seems to be getting worse. It seems to be like hell on earth, but nothing seems to be getting any better but what does it says it says in verse 39 and he arose and rebuked the wind and if there's something that I found fascinating as I go through the scripture and I look at various scriptures that I'm going to be sharing with you I realized the problem wasn't actually the water it wasn't the water people said but the water got into the boat oh the water the waves is a problem the problem was the wind See, we're going to go through seasons in our own lives where the wind is going to be crashing. The wind is going to force things to crash into us. That could be financial. That could be marital. That could be through family. That could be through so many different things. That could be physical. That could be emotional. That could be mental. The winds, but I love what Jesus says here. He doesn't actually say stop. He says be still. Peace. Be still. 
Therefore, sometimes if something is still in your life that can maybe indicate that maybe a problem or a trial that you're going through, you're going to have to keep going through it, but God's peace is going to be with you while you're going through it. But one of the few things I want us to look here that I also find interesting is to understand that the wind is there to make you worry when you should be worshipping. The wind is there to make you panic when that's mainly an opportunity to pray. The wind is there to test you why you are in this boat of life. And for many of us, so many of us can't wait to get past the year 2020. How many of you guys are here, you just really can't wait like for 2020, like, like God, take me to 2021 ASAP, please. Anyone? Just a few? Oh, you guys are honest. Thank you for the honest saints in this place. And how many of you guys are, I'm going to be honest with me and actually say that, you know what? You planned out, you're like, yeah, 2020 is going to be my year. 2020, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. 2020, I'm going to level up. 2020, I'm going to make sure old things pass away and all things are becoming new. How many of you guys, you had like goals for 2020? Show hands. Thank you, thank you. And how many of you guys, since 2020 began, like those plans just went, yeah, it just, it just went, yeah. How many of you guys? Anyone here? Cool. And then I was having a conversation with Pastor K and a few others, and we'll talk about, we're just talking about 2020 and the challenges that 2020 has posed on us and people around the world. And I'm like, how, how do we navigate around this? And what's going on? And I was just sharing on the scripture that I shared in August. I'm not talking about the biblical number of the um, biblical numerology of the number eight. And then we was just talking about so many other things. And PK alluded to something is that, yeah, but it's interesting. Is that, yeah, but 2020 in the Bible is always talked about time of testing. I was like, oh, my days, it's true. And I went back to do a little bit more studies. And I was like, oh, my days, we're, we're going through hell and high waters. We are seeing things that might not be happening to us directly, but seeing things that's happening to people in and around the world. And we are seeing that 2020, for many, has truly been a time of testing. It has been a time of suffering. It has been a time of labor. It has been a time of waiting. It has been a time of pain and persecution for some. But ultimately, it's also been a time of trial. And we are seeing that over and over in scripture. Jacob waited 20 years for his wives and the property to be released to him from his father-in-law. We're seeing that Solomon was building the house for him and for God, and it took 20 years. There are going to be challenges in this season. And I realize that many people are complaining about the season we find ourselves in, and being in the boat, and being in this dry season, or a challenging season. But it shows us the word of God has been ahead of us from day one. We implore and remind people, read the word of God. Dive into the word of God. Feed yourself with the word of God. Because I've always said there are three causes to change. Anticipation, adaptation, and crisis. But majority of society wait for crisis to happen before we make that change. But the minority are the people that anticipate. And the word of God, if it gives us these warning signs and gives us his holy scriptures that pass on into eternity, that even when heaven and earth will pass away, his word remains forever. That must be our true source of help and direction and the compass to our calling. Because when we are able to do that, then we can truly anticipate. Anticipate that no matter what happens in our lives and in these times, we can always begin to move forward and trust God within the things that God has in store for us. And I want to share with you another scripture. The scripture that I want to share with you shortly is talking about something that I found was quite interesting about a boat. And how Peter, when he was with Jesus, when Peter walked with Jesus, when Peter had a relationship with Jesus, 
Peter did something that was very, 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 very interesting. So turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. And it goes as follows. Immediately, Jesus, said, um, Jesus, made, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him into the other side while he, was, while he sent the multitude away. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. And even when the evening came, he was alone there. And the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went with them and he was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and they were saying, immediately, sorry, they were saying, verse 27, and immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. Sorry, they were saying, is this a ghost? And they cried out in fear, verse 27. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. And then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come, that I will be able to walk on this water. Verse 29. And he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him and he said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? I love this because some other Bible version says, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And when I read that, for me, I looked at the word bid and I saw it as people casting a bid or people like placing a bet or people saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to gamble on this. If it's you, bid me to come. But listen to what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't give him all the information. He doesn't say, yeah, come, but you know what? The waves are strong and, it's a bit slippery out here. We're walking on water, you see, Peter. It's, it's part of the miraculous. Come. He says, no. He just says one word. Come. Come. When I was reading the scripture, I realized that sometimes when you are in the boat of life, sometimes your boat becomes a comfort zone and Christ is telling you to move forward. Come. Sometimes you guys are in a boat that you've been in for the season that God needed you to be in in that season, but there was also another season where God needed to give you maybe a speedboat but you're so transfixed to being in the rowing boat, all Jesus has told you is, come. Or sometimes he's told you to go, but you're scared to go. You're scared to come. But what does Peter do? He gets out of this boat and he comes. The only man that we know, aside from our Lord and Savior, to walk on water, and David Blaine can go and park his wonderful miracles and his magic that he does. But when I begin to see what Peter was doing here, I was like, this, he, he was walking on water. But what does it tell us? It says that the wind became boisterous. It, it, it tells us that the circumstances began to change a little bit. You see, I, I share this with you because many times when we are understanding the dry season, in order for our season to change, we must change where we are standing or sitting. And in order to come out from where you're standing or sitting, there are going to be circumstances and situations that will try and push you to get back inside the boat. Things will knock you. People may leave you. You might lose money. Someone in your workplace lies upon you. You realise that your finances don't meet up. You realise that you're working so hard in life, but you're burning the candle on both ends. 
But what does it say? If there's one thing I implore you is that don't get back in the boat, but cry out to Jesus just as Peter did. But Jesus challenges Peter, says, you have little faith. And the reason why I find that it's interesting, because you don't have to turn there, but when I look at Matthew chapter 8 and I look at from verse 5 to 13, it reminds me of the Roman centurion who has one of his servants is unwell and they need healing. And he goes to tell Jesus about all of this. And Jesus says, I'll come. And he says, no, I'm a man, you don't have to come. I'm a man underneath authority as well. When they say, go, I go. When I tell my servants, go, they go. When I tell them, come, they come. Just say the word. And that was the time in scripture, it says, Jesus marveled. Like, whoa, Jesus marveled. But Jesus throws the biggest shade ever. He marvels at this Roman centurion and he, and he tells his disciples, you guys, you might have been following me for all this time. Look at this Roman centurion. Look at his faith. I can imagine the disciples feeling like, look at you show off. You're here with your armour. You've got people underneath your authority trying to say, yeah, just, yeah, Jesus, just say the word. And these people are doubting. They're doubting. You see, it begins to show me that the disciples are very much like where we are today. We're very good and quick to look at how people in the world behave and how they don't acknowledge Jesus and how they don't trust in Jesus and how they don't live for Jesus. But it seems that they seem to be getting by or it seems that their life seems to be elevating. But the disciples who knew Jesus, the saints who go to church and have the word and have the word preached to them and have the word that they can read at home, sometimes seem to doubt. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Is it possible and plausible that maybe if we increased our faith by another 5%, 10%, 50%, that not only our circumstances can change, but those around us can change as well? Is that plausible? Is it plausible that, that, that those circumstances can actually change? Why? Because when you go back and you read what I was sharing with you in Matthew so when you read what I was sharing with you, before we get in the boat on, on what we see in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 to 41, this, the funny thing that was interesting about it is that when they got into a boat, it says that in verse 36, it says there were other little boats which were also with him. It says there were other little boats which were also with him, which means that not everyone could fit in the same boat that Jesus was on, but all the other boats were going through the same problem. But the moment Jesus dealt with the wind and the waves, it meant that everybody else in and around them also had peace because the water was made still. What happens if that you need to be the change that you want to see so that there could be breakthrough for other people? Have you ever wondered and thought that sometimes God will use you to bring breakthrough for others first before he brings it for you? But what happens is that we see the breakthrough for others and then we stop praying for ourselves. Or even worse, we see the breakthrough for others, we continue to pray for people, but we forget ourselves altogether. Because we're hope deferred, it makes the heart sick. And I want to remind us that in this time and in this season, we must be a people that we continue to press onto God. We must be a people that continue to hold on to God. We must be a people that when we are in the boat, we need to question and ask ourselves, what boat are we in? And is Jesus in this boat with me? Because understand, even though the waves and the wind stopped, they were still at sea. We're in 2020 and we're still at sea. And for some of us, Jesus is in the boat with us asleep. And we can wake him up or we can have faith that, no, 
I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, this wind, this trial, this tribulation, this trouble in my life will be still. That even though the problem is there, God's peace is still with me to take me through it. And for sometimes that might be a challenge to say that, Jesus, if you're not in this boat, where are you? Jesus says, I'm over here, I'm walking on the water. Come. Whoa, Jesus, <laughs> step out. That new business, no, I can't do that. That job, I'm not qualified enough. Come. But Jesus, give me all the details. Come. But Jesus, I need a bit more information. Come. Jesus, how deep is the water? Come. Jesus, I can't really swim. Come. Excuses after excuses after excuses. And that's why it says, unless you are like any of these little children and you don't have faith like these little children, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. You can't be my children. Because if there's one thing that's powerful and wonderful about children, they could be naive, they could be excited, but when you tell them something and they believe in it, they act upon what they believe in. And Jesus is saying that the word of God is foolish to those that are perishing. The word of God is foolish to them. But we that know, sometimes our problem is not that we know too much. That sometimes it's that we don't practice on the little that we know. Sometimes we have so much head knowledge, we don't have enough heart knowledge. And we have given our hearts to God in order to say, God, make it happen in my life. Sometimes our problem isn't that. We are praying for a miracle to happen to our lives. The problem is that we are so selfish that all we do is pray for ourselves. I know. That's the one that really didn't hit home. Because I'm like, God, this hasn't happened for me. But God says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He says, fan the flame of others. Esteem others above yourself. Because you never know that we are praying for a miracle in our own lives when God is that I want you to be the miracle for other people because when your light so shine, it will bring glory to me, the Father in heaven. That people that had little faith, they will continue to grow in their faith. And that's what it takes me to my last point, which is that how do we change from being in this boat in our dry season where we only have dry bones? Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 4. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 4. And it goes as follows. And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. Verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Verse 4. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Please take notice of the word of the Lord. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am God. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Please understand this. Many people in the world in today's day and age are declaring prophecy, but God might not have commanded them to declare such a prophecy. It says, I have prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and all the bones came together, bone to bone. 
And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. You see, I realized that sometimes we could all be well put together, but we don't have the breath of his spirit to keep us together, to keep going to where God wants us to be. Verse 9. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain, and they may live. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Once again, see it again. I prophesied as he commanded me. And, and, sorry, and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, O son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Verse 12. And therefore the prophecy, and therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened up your graves, O people, and brought you up from your graves, and I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. I thought the movie Avengers was a bad boy movie. This is something else. But the problem that happens to us as saints is that we read, but we do not meditate. We read, but we do not visualize. We read, but we do not ask the Holy Spirit, allow me to see what Ezekiel was seeing in this vision that Ezekiel saw. Allow me to see it. Because sometimes what happens is that we work, work, work and we build businesses we build bridges we love people we forgive people but what happens is that the reason why we see no movement is because we might need to question is their spirit is their life has God breathed life into the situation because until life is breathed into the situation it's only short-lived because we are using physical strength and man-made ideas to change something that only the spiritual can do. Breathe life. I'm really passionate about this area of dry bones for many reasons. And one of the reasons being that during this pandemic and during lockdown wasn't only an opportunity to pray, to help, to listen, but it was also a great opportunity to watch watch there's one thing I've learned about life is that patience will begin to teach you a lot about who you are patience will show you do you have resilience patience will show you do you have endurance but patience will also show you what boat you are in and I realized that during this pandemic and during this season that many people have been in a boat of a dry season with dry bones with the title called Christianity but very little Christ in them. Oh, help me come church. Oh, yeah, yeah. When's the last time you read your word? Yeah. Come on, and pray. come and pray with someone. Like you have to ask yourself honestly. Do not wait for a minister or a preacher or somebody online to bring conviction upon you when Christ wants to live inside of you. He says he stands on the doors of our hearts and he knocks. 
But what we forget is that even though he stands at the door and he hearts, the doors of our heart, he knocks. There are, the door, the, our hearts is a house that has many rooms. So he's in our heart, but now he's like, what's in this room? Oh yeah, that's the living room, you can chill there. Kitchen, oh yeah, this kitchen's nice. Thank you, Jesus, I love the, I love the work that you did in this kitchen. Yeah, you tore out that old kitchen, you made it brand new. What about your bedroom? Oh no, Jesus, that. <laughs> I don't need to go in there. Who's the person in there? No, Jesus, that. That person in there, they're, they're going to be leaving soon. They're in your bed, but why are they in your bed? No, Jesus, it's not what you are we going to allow Jesus, not only into our hearts, but every room of our heart? Because every room that Jesus is not in is always going to be a room that will be a dry season. Am I saying when you know Jesus, pain and problems go away? No. Nope. Am I saying when you, know, when you know Jesus, you're going to be rich and wealthy? No, nope, not necessarily. But one thing you will be, you'll be rich in spirit. You'll be rich in truth. That when people, like... Is your testimony, is your testimony, is your testimony one that people can ask you that, how are you going through what you're going through and you're still standing? Or is your testimony one that you're only standing because the material things in life is where you find your value in? Because I truly believe, and my closing point, that when we are in this wilderness, Jesus can do something miraculous and wonderful in our lives. Jesus is able to make a way in the wilderness. Jesus is able that when we are in the boat and we are lost at sea, he says, don't worry about the sea, but make sure that you see me. Do we see Jesus in our situation? Do we see Jesus in our circumstance? Do we see Jesus when, we are, when, we, when, we, when family members have, have gone into glory? Do we see Jesus when we lost our jobs? Do we see Jesus when that person has left us? Do we see Jesus when it doesn't seem to make sense? Do we see him? Because if we don't see him, you might need to change the boat that we're in and say, Jesus, teach me to walk on water. Because walking on water is not only a miracle, but walking on water is also a mystery where he wants you to learn something upon the journey of life when the waves are knocking you and moving you and, and moving you to and fro. You say, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. The reason why Peter drowned is because he looked at a problem rather than the Prince of Peace. That's the only reason why he drowned. That's the only reason. Because when you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith and you know that you have run the race you have kept the faith i love that scripture because if it says i have i have run the race i've kept the faith then is there is there a possibility that some people can run a race with no faith because if that's a possibility that means they're probably running the wrong race do not win in a race that you shouldn't be in because you end up still losing what do i mean by that don't live somebody else's calling don't live somebody else's dream don't live somebody else's circumstance. Don't live in somebody else's marriage. Don't live somebody else's life. Because God hasn't called you to that. So you're going to win in something that is not meant to be second nature to you because God has called you for your own race. Get out of the boat. But Jesus, should I come? Come. Jesus, what's it like? Come. Come. And that takes me to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19, where I believe God will make a way in your wilderness, in your dry season. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why did the word of God separate those two things that someone would say they're synonymous with each other? Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Maybe because sometimes in our lives, there are things that's happened in our past, but we don't consider it old. We still consider it present. That could be heartbreak. 
It's old news, but the pain still feels present. God says, don't consider the things of old. And I love the way verse 19 goes as far. It starts with, behold. Because for something to be, for you to behold something, it must be beheld. You must be able to hold it. You must be able to see it. You must be fixed on it. You must be focused on it. Behold, I will do. Not I'm doing. Not I have done. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In your wilderness season, in your dry season, God wants to make, God wants to make a road there for you. God wants to put a river in the desert where people say, how did that happen for you? He says, because of him. How come you're still standing? Because of him. How, how did you get that elevation? Because of him. But you just lost family members that you were praying for. You were praying that they'll be healed and that they'll stand and they'll be here with you, but they're not here anymore. Why do you still believe? Because of him. Because he who began a good work in me, he began it. He began it. We love him because he first loved us. He began it. He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion. You know what I love about that? Is that we are all going through a test of the exam and God is taking the exam on our behalf. But he tells us that he's walking with us as he lives in us. Do we trust him as we're going through the exam of life? Do we trust him as we're going through 2020? where we are asking for 2020 vision and to have 2020 vision is to have an eye of clarity of knowing that this season, this time is going to be a time of trial, challenge, pain, but ultimately progress if we're focused on his promise. And if you're here with me today, I want to ask if you can stand. Because if there's one thing I realized about being in a boat is that sometimes when you're in a boat, you shouldn't be standing because you lose balance. It rocks a bit more. But I truly believe that when we're able to stand, we're able to make a decision that, Jesus, if that's you, and you want me to come out of the circumstance, whether that circumstance is a mindset, teach me, O Lord. And if you can stand with me, I want us to pray as we close today.